We're going. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the hey. after party, everyone. Hi, everyone. We never introduce ourselves. You know what? We, I mean, maybe we did on the first week or something. Right. But it's been 14 weeks. <laughs> Every week for 14 weeks we've done this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Do you think we'll keep going through the summer? We haven't even talked that's about a, this. That's a good question. <laughs> we probably should talk about that at some point. Uh, um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we're not. nobody's going on vacation. Right? <laughs> so. uh, oh, I think your computer is throwing some audio out. Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, people aren't going on vacation. Right. I did try. I am, I am waiting for you to clear a week for me to be away to move so that's I can right. move to my you new house. Move to your new house. Exciting times. <laughs> that's <sighs> exactly it. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. Look out. Uh, All right. Um, anyway, I am Jeremy. Right, right, right. <laughs> this is Bobby. I'm Bobby. After we talked about doing an introduction, we yeah. might as well do it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do uh, top uh, three things about yourself. That might be. Wow. <laughs> Less. That feels like a lot of pressure all of a sudden. Out of <laughs> I know when you have to. Well, yeah, just, I'm just uh, gonna, I'm just free association. A little like, bit. I'm going to oh, okay, make it okay. a little brighter in here. <laughs> Can you control the room lights? Control. I, it's very cool. We have this thing called an ATEM Mini Pro, and we can do camera control over it, so I can control the iris and the shutter and the gain on our cameras right from the software on my computer. It's, it's wow. pretty cool. So basically, For a nerdy guy like me, it's <laughs> yeah, pretty know, fun times, actually. I mean, every, every week it sort of feels similar. Like, you get here and you sort of scramble to problem-solve a couple things. But also, you're always sort of changing the setup. Like, maybe people don't realize Yeah, we're, it. we're testing all kinds of things for the eventual, right. like, in-person live stream at the church. So every after-party... We like test something new and we're like, okay, does this work with the live stream? Right. And if we send a signal through this website, is it going to get to YouTube? So there's a lot of that happening on a regular basis. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Three things about myself. Yeah. Three things about yourself. Three things about like, myself. Like, uh, like tell it slant a little, like not tell the obvious slant. things. Like I love that phrase. I know. Tell Emily all the Dickinson. truth, but tell it slant. Yeah. <laughs> poets. We need poets. Uh, Emily Dickinson? Yeah. yeah. Dickinson. Yeah. Um, uh, so... You know what? I was going to say I'm my dad, but that feels, it still feels really weird for me to say oh, that to really describe myself as a dad. It still wow. feels really weird. So, uh, maybe let alone a girl dad, which I oh, am now. Oh, I love you and propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm my hero. Um, but yeah, I, I have two kids now. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. got another one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so well, that, I got to see. Yes. In person. I got to see M in person. Yeah, yeah, just in the back seat of the car. Yeah. But you had said, "Oh, Eaton's coming by, Rachel," and I was like, "I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen for them <laughs> when they pull up." So you went out, and I went yep. running down the stairs here at the church to get a glimpse of this little girl. Yeah, and so it was she nice. was not happy. She was. Oh, it's, she it had was just fine. come She's from a amazing. doctor's appointment with Rachel, so she was in the back seat. Yeah, screaming. Yeah, she was screaming. Yeah. But as soon as you like touched her face, oh man. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it was nice. Plus, it was nice to see Rachel. She's, she's, nice got, see she's got some strength now. She can scream. I love that, it. Even that's, <laughs> even that's good news, <laughs> right? So I love it. Okay. Uh, you're a dad, but it's weird. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> 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 it's not weird. Well, it is weird to be a dad, <laughs> but it's weird to describe myself Say as a dad. It. Yeah. Um, I mean, this feels generic, but I'm a pastor. Like, I mean, so much of my job is like such a big part of who I am. And I think that can be bad and that can be good, but right. it just is. It is what it is. Um, I haven't always been a pastor, but I am right now, and that's right. a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and oh, like I can't say a pastor and a dad and a husband. Like all those things get 
it's like all the mixed into one. Right. So how about, um, well, everybody knows I really love coffee. Yeah. Um, so this morning oh, I yeah, made us. my shot, but I got all fancy. So I got out the, the <laughs> I weighed it all. I weighed how many counts, ounces I put in and mm -hmm. how many ounces I got out because I was trying to play with ratios a little bit. Right, right, right. So I was trying to hit a direct um, <laughs> two to one ratio on okay. my espresso shot this morning. And, and I did, and it was very good. So Great. also into coffee. Obviously right. cocktails because we've talked about that. Right, a few times, right, right. That's that's new. Like that's only in the last six months right, that yeah. I've decided I'm obsessed with cocktails. Do you think? I mean, coffee has been a love for a long time for you. Yeah. Do you think cocktails will? It, like you also like love things for a bit and then drop off. A little bit, yeah. Do you think cocktails has staying power? I think I think I got so much money invested. <laughs> yeah, so many <laughs> bottles. That, that I gotta I gotta <laughs> stick with it. But, you know, I, I used to be really into scotch for a long time, oh, and okay. I still enjoy scotch. Yeah. But that has kind of shifted a little bit to cocktails now. Although I've even sort of experimented with, you know, how you can use uh, whiskey and obviously whiskey, but uh, scotch a little bit in cocktails and oh, stuff, which okay. kind of fun. So. fun. But that's, that's, that's my new little yeah. t habit toy. Yeah that I play with so that's fine. all right I'm okay. now let's see I know I know because I didn't think about the question is 4-H gonna be one of them at no, all no 4-H is not one of them <laughs> that's my favorite Bobby story <laughs> no not a Bobby story it's just my favorite Bobby like actually Ryan today asked me were you even in 4-H were was you like, even yes. like why would you have, yeah oh blue? we were talking about dogs and me growing up on a farm uh -huh. okay yeah you missed it I missed it yeah oh <laughs> uh, what would be three things about me uh, you know, in a similar way, I think being like a partner and a spouse still feels kind of funny and comical to me <laughs> that that it's happened. Even, I mean, I don't know if it's you, but I, it's not so much that that feels comical. It's just describing like, yeah, this is a thing about me. Right. Is that I'm a husband or I'm a father. I, that feels a little weird. Right. It doesn't even feel Why being that? in that role. I love being in that role. It's yeah, awesome with my kids and my wife. But yeah. 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 What is that? That's funny. Uh, it's because of um, oh, Christian it. father, you know, oh, the baggage that stuff on <laughs> Twitter when every, uh, men who describe themselves that way, you're always True. like, it's going to be a bad thing. <laughs> describe themselves as a, like Christ, Christian father, <laughs> pastor, some husband dis, or something like that. You know, you know, you're in for a rough time on the timeline. So <laughs> maybe that's where it's coming from. <laughs> maybe that's it. That's true, hey? Because you don't fit that, yeah, that sort of Depends persona. Of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say that. That's a that's a fun thing about me. Uh, uh, what else is? I mean, I really like. I kind of like, te like not tensions, but like, I like having my feet in a couple different worlds. So I like being like I'm a farm kid who loves being like a city person. Um, All right. Yeah, like the, I think that's something about me that's fun. Like. Yeah. I like really sacred things, but I also like really profane things. <laughs> you know, those like that kind of tensions of that. That's fun for me. So that'd be number two. Okay. Number three. Oh, being an auntie. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I just you I a lot of aunt stories. I, you like that. I love being an auntie. I'm not a parent, but being an auntie feels like a very sacred sort of position in my life so i love it right. and i love being anteed i have auntie. aunties in my That's life are very important to me <laughs> i've never heard so much about aunties <laughs> until bobby i that's because i believe liz gilbert calls us the anti-brigade those of us who don't have children yeah, but okay. like take sort of the role of being an auntie very seriously like, very seriously yeah. so that you'll be a good auntie to em yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I will take them all. I will be. I, I will, will be. be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love. People it. ask what my favorite scotch is. Um, oh, so Ardbeg okay. is my favorite distillery. 
They okay. make a lot of really great scotches. Right. You, um, have but you ever nerded out with Jonathan about scotch? Because we've talked about scotch a little bit, yeah. Vegan, really. So, uh, but the Wiegadal from Ardbeg is my favorite okay. scotch that you can get anywhere. Okay. Well, not anywhere, but you can get it regularly, and it's okay. excellent. That's That would be my go-to. I've had... I've had scotches that I enjoyed more that are like one-offs and, oh, yeah. you know, somebody spent a ridiculous amount of money right. to let me try it. That's very cool. Right. But as one that you can get a hold of, Ardbeg, yeah. we get all. And I like that. I like Islay's and oh, I, yeah. like, um, I like the briny and the peaty and I like a little bit of smoke, yeah, okay. but I don't like it overdone because Kay. the Ardbeg Cory Vrecken, which I also have a bottle <laughs> of, is um, very smoky. Okay. And it, oh, it just overpowers it's a little bit too much iodine, right. but I appreciate a little bit in it. Because I, I really like Mezcal over tequila. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So over tequila. Yeah, I think I do. Oh, over. I think I do. Oh, wow, okay. So. I think there's a place for it, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Those are good lists. <laughs> Ashley, me. Also, I see <laughs> Ashley's comment about this. We're going to get to myth. And this sort of tension of interpretation, mm. you know, people really sort of trip over the word when it comes to the Bible. Do you see that point? So Ashley's saying, uh, just really struggling with um, people having the problem of calling the Bible a myth. So yep. we're, we're, I see it. Yep. We're going to try to get to, we'll it, talk to it, but we're not there yet. Not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> so also, I, I would it. never I say the Bible is myth. Oh, right, right, right. Myth right. Bible, I'm just reading the anyway. thing. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so. We've we've done a little check in. We want to do a little like check in around like what's going on in the world. And something interesting that came up today with our team was uh, just like naming um, the movement towards justice when it comes to Black Lives Matter mm. in the world and the ways that different people have sort of stepped into it. But the question was asked, like, is this a moment that is that can be sustained it, are we going yeah. to see real lasting change mm -hmm. i mean it, it is really interesting to to keep up with some of the news in the states around decisions around policing and right. cities and what they're doing with funding mm -hmm. um so it seems like it's taking some action yeah some quite interesting things out of right was it san francisco or la where they're saying you know um trained unarmed professionals would be responding to and they listed a oh, whole bunch yeah. of situations now that police would have been first responders right. to, and it's going to be specifically right. unarmed responses to these types of situations. Now, again, right. certainly there's going to be things that get violent, and there's certainly going yeah. to be a need for police officers, yeah. especially in larger cities like San Francisco and yeah. L.A. Right, right. But thinking about where can we change first point of contact in some of these yes, things. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big shift in municipal thinking. Yes, it really is. You know, and so, yeah. so the question today was, yeah, yeah like... Um, I, I'm trying to remember how we frame it. Like, like we were, I think we we're all around the room saying the intensity of this moment can't be sustained. Yes. Yeah. We were, yeah, we were sort of asking that question. What is it? Yeah. Wh what's the reality of what it feels like to be people and yeah. <laughs> humans that can handle so much tension, but can we hold the weight yeah. of it for, for that long? And you have to believe, I believe anyway, that this, this huge eruption of Black Lives Matter was in part because of the lockdowns and the shutdowns with COVID. Now, I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing, right. but I think you had all of this pent up, you know, um, you know, wanting to do something and wanting yeah. to do something meaningful. Yes. And then this cause came along and it was like, okay, people could pour that into it. Right. I mean, sometimes this is what has to happen in terms of cultural moments is there's this confluence of events that, yeah, that pull I everything together. Really and I mean, that's a really interesting thing right now. Yeah. Um, that, that this happened at a time where, 
everybody was looking for something meaningful to put their yeah, energy yeah. into. And that's Especially, good. I mean, I think we, I don't know if we'll talk about this specifically around myth, but but the formation of myth in light of our mortality, like mm. the meaning making that's needed when we're sort of staring at death. Yeah. And I wonder about that, that the moment of sort of having to stare at our mortality mm. uh, and, and, and our vulnerability calling us to like, what is, what are we here for? Yeah. If not something more meaningful, um, there's something about that relationship, mm -hmm. right? Of, uh, yeah, because you know. I mean, and I'm not, um, I don't want to diminish this at all, but I mean, these types of things have been happening in Canada and America for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and yet this time it galvanized the world really yeah. um, to grab a hold of it. Now, again, the question this morning was, we can't maintain that kind of intensity forever, mm -hmm. marching in the streets forever. Mm -hmm. The danger is a week from now, a month from now, we just yeah. go back to normal. Yes, right. I don't think that's what anybody wants. No. And I don't think that's going to happen. Like yeah, that's I, the tone you take. That's yeah. a really interesting tone. I, I just have a sense. something <laughs> really interesting there. I don't yeah, You know, like totally I, I think maybe I'm trying to be um, like cautiously optimistic. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not unaware of how difficult real systemic change is. But this feels like it's more than just a moment like this feels like yeah. people's people are actually engaging would we say watershed is that the is yeah, that maybe. Is like it could, you know. could it be a watershed moment? yeah but it feels like people are thinking differently they're open to new ideas about things mm -hmm. um it feels like people not everyone but it feels right. like some people are actually challenging their presuppositions yes and like you know? looking for the information sharing the yep. information uh, a, a lot of uh, just chatting yesterday in a conversation with my aunt <laughs> around how to like learn the language of the moment mm -hmm. when we're you know there's sort of always that that requirement to like are these words working anymore oh maybe they're not right. okay what what are the new words how do I learn what they mean mm -hmm. uh in in a large cultural conversation yeah um it seems like yeah people are reaching for those things mm -hmm. and uh, taking responsibility for themselves and for their learning. Yeah, I mean, you know, Andy <clears throat> posted on here, vast collective meaning making is what's happening right now. But it's true. I mean, yeah, there's it's um, quite lovely. I mean, this is how these things happen. Like we don't we Pressure. don't create meaning in ourselves. We don't change our ideas on our own. We don't hmm. read books and come across ideas and be like, oh, I'm going to change the way I view the world. Hmm. These this confluence of things happen and we share with each other and hmm. sort of collectively we take these leaps forward right. you know right um, right right we like to there's something yeah, I, mean, I mean i went to a weird metaphor in my head whoa, whoa what <laughs> could like, it have been <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah you you have every right to not speak it well no <laughs> it's, it, so it, 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 <laughs> i just don't know how useful it is but okay. um there was in evolutionary biology there was the idea of evolution that it was a long slow process of change that happened right and that's not actually what we believe now in evolutionary hmm. biology. Now we talk about punctuated equilibrium, which is essentially that if you look at the fossil layers, what you see is long periods of nothing changing. And then climate changes or things that happen in the environment and everything mm. mutates and changes very rapidly. Oh, that's really and then long periods of dormancy. Right. So evolution is not like this long, slow, steady progress. Right, right, right. It's changes in environment that cause rapid mutation and we figure out what works well, adaptation yeah adaptation mm -hmm. and then and then you get a lot of things and i think that's the same thing with sort of our cultural yeah. myths is they last for a very long time until all of a sudden they don't work anymore right and all of a sudden when they don't work it's like a great collapse exactly, and a great rebuilding and collectively we have to come up with a new mm -hmm. a new narrative and mm -hmm. then we all grab a hold of that new narrative and we start mm -hmm. to make sense of that um 
Phyllis, um, why am I blanking on her Tribble last name? Tribble. Um, not Tribble. Trickle. Trickle. Phyllis Trickle? I don't know. Oh my there goodness. are a couple Phyllises there. There are a couple. But, you know, but, but in her book, A Great Emergence. Okay. Uh, Great Emergence, yes. <laughs> I'm quite sure I have the book right. But, okay. Um, but she talks about, you know, in Christian history, it's like every 500 years, we have these major theological shifts. Trickle. Trickle. Yeah. I knew Tribble, Trouble yeah. with Tribbles is the Star Trek episode <laughs> from the original with Shatner. And I was like, it can't be Tribbles. <laughs> that, that's a Trickle. different thing, but it's Phyllis yep. Trickle. And the subtitle is How Christianity is Changing and Why. Yeah. But she, you know, wrote this book, what, 20 years ago? Whoa. 10 years ago? Anyway. Yeah. But she talks about every 500 years. So you have the Reformation, and then you go back yes. to around oh, the turn okay, of the century okay. where you get um, satisfaction theory. And then you go back before that where we switch away from Christus Victor as our main narrative, and Christendom comes into the world. You know, like every 500 years, roughly, there's like mm-hmm. these major shifts in culture, which result in major shifts in sort of the way we think about Christianity. And, and like, that's kind of how the world works. Is yeah. We're not on a steady climb. We're on right. these things until it builds up and it builds up and then there's a change and i'm hoping right that that's what this moment is when it comes to our awareness around um you know not the kind of overt racism but the ways that it's built into our systems right you know so who knows right but i want to be hopeful yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can hear that i can hear that in your voice yeah that was a a long sidetrack that you want to be hopeful yeah uh, so something else that's going on around here is we're getting ready to reopen. Oh, man. <laughs> so our team was around today mm-hmm. and we were mapping things out and walking things out and uh, yeah, exploring like what systems we use and how they need to change. And it seemed really clear that there are so many details. It's a there lot. Are so many yeah. details. Like um, it's comical that there's so many Yeah, details. like right now we're in the sanctuary, but the room yeah. is set up socially distanced right now yeah it's weird oh man you've turned the cameras around and show you guys but it's um yeah it's weird mm-hmm. and then even just thinking like how are we gonna do registration how are we gonna yeah. get people in you know because uh, on a practical level um a family of six yeah that can sit together right so we were talking about cohorts yeah and or families yeah because a, a family of six that comes yeah. in takes up a lot less room than six singles that are each spread six feet apart, yeah. you know? And that doesn't mean we don't <laughs> want singles coming to church because in some ways, <laughs> singles are probably the people who, you know, want to be back and need to be right, back in the community right, more than anyone. Right, so, I mean, you want right. to create space, but just Absolutely. how do you do seating right. in ways that allows for that? Right. And what's the number of people we can fit in the room yeah. and how's it going to work? And, and it's summer and we can't, you know, don't, don't turn the fans on, watch out for the balcony. Like, oh, there's just so many details. Yeah. We sort of open, open one, we'd be like, okay, we have our, all the seats spaced out. But then like, how do we move people in the room? And then it's like, okay, we're going to need these arrows here. So we're going to put the coffee stations here. How many, you know, <laughs> everything, <I> know. <laughs> everything needs to be thought about. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think what's important, you've mm-hmm. said this to the team a couple of times is like, look, this is going to be our reality. Yeah. We have to learn how to do this. So, so let's learn because there's no waiting this out. Like it's going to be, mm-hmm. I don't scare anybody here, but <laughs> like the vaccine is not coming next month, no. right? So we're going to have to be aware of COVID in our lives yeah. for the foreseeable future, yeah. which means, you know, things like church have to, you know, we have to get back to our lives, but we're good. Our lives are going to be different for some time. Yeah. Um, so now is a good time in the summer right. when, you know, our numbers are generally lower at church anyway yeah. for us to, to dip our toes in right. and figure these things out and be overly cautious to begin. Yeah. Because you can, because there's less people oh. and we'll figure it out. And we'll yeah. do our best. And then we slowly 
learn things. Yeah. And again, like back to this idea of adaptation that there's, there is, I mean, everyone was pretty energized, you yeah. know, in our team. I mean, yeah. we, we have a team of like really hardworking people who aren't yeah. sort of scared of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, that we're all so curious yeah. about like what, what we can do, what we can learn, how this might bring us together. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's quite an interesting, I mean, it's more than an experiment. It's our lives. <laughs> but, but, uh, but trying to, I don't know, uh, like, to, of course we take it very seriously, but also to, uh, like to hold it with the weight that it deserves, mm-hmm. but also with a lightness to it, right. you know, it, like there is something like uh, playful about moving chairs around and like yeah and the like, planning for yeah, sure yeah like throwing ideas around and uh you know you when you don't think of someone and someone else in the room does and you're like right like i didn't <laughs> think of that um, there's something really kind of an interesting mm-hmm. organic process at work that i think yeah we're game for yeah. we think maybe 30 percent of the community will be game for as well yeah in in the opening (laughs) stages right exactly you know and again if you haven't seen our plan you can go to commons.church slash reopen um it's there with quite a lot of detail and we'll be adding more as we go because there's things that we're still now like i said today was the first day we set up the space the gym and the sanctuary to figure out how the seating is going to work so we'll be adding more and the plan is to have registration for july services available on sunday so we've already had some people asking, can I register? When will that be available? Uh, we need a couple more days. Yeah. Uh, but by Sunday, we're hoping to have all the bugs worked out and tested, and you'll be able to register a seat yeah. uh, for those services in July. Right. So. And live stream isn't going anywhere. We're yep. still yeah, live stream is still going to be still here. Still live streaming. So that's fun that this moment pushed us to it's, live streaming. It's fun that it pushed us to that, and it's also been, I think for all of us, a little eye-opening to see how many people have connected with us online only during the season like it's not a it's not a small number of people that are like hey i'm from the uk or if i'm i'm from calgary but i've never been to commons before but i've been watching you faithfully for the last two months or something like there's a lot of these stories so that's pretty cool yeah and like tuning in every week Mm -hmm. like it's more than i tune in (laughs) i'm just kidding Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so let's chat about Sunday. Let's do it. Uh, I thought it would be fun for us to chat a little bit, uh, obviously to get to the message, mm-hmm. but we had other things happening. Uh, and one of the things that was seemed pretty meaningful to people mm-hmm. is our responsive reading oh, that absolutely. Larissa and I worked on together. And uh, we were going to do like a split screen thing, but we ended up just going back and forth, which was fine. But it even today well. we were like, oh, if only we would have had split screen. Um, we were joking about. So if you saw <laughs> the prayer, by the way, it's on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, it's, on, it's its own video. You should watch it. It's beautiful. But it kind of <laughs> cuts between. Um, it goes like this. There's Bobby. Right. And then it goes Larissa. Right. You know, it cuts <laughs> right, right, right. But we were saying it's like if they were sitting off sides in the camera and then like the line like disappeared between them and they could mm-hmm. high five each other in the middle of the room. <laughs> That would have been terrible. <laughs> it was such a kind of a like. It was true. It held was a, some like somber. It was a very language. meaningful moment, but. <laughs> but it was. Uh, I mean, it was. I was scheduled to write the responsive reading, and then mm-hmm. I really, I really wanted to center Larissa's voice, mm-hmm. and she's a great writer, mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought like l- let's work on it together, Larissa, yep. and see what we can do. And it was a really fun. I mean, typically we, you know, everyone. Um, whoever's sort of assigned that 
worship element in the service mm -hmm. works on it on their own yeah. and shares it, you know, with a couple people. But um, this was a, a collaborative right. event and it was great. And again, Larissa is a great writer. That, that language at the end where she wrote, um, preferencing, uh, what was her language? We said it so many times. Um, Bring it out here. Not, not the anger, anger of the strong. Uh, anyways, it was great. It was just like a mic, a mic drop moment mm. where uh, that part of the prayer really kind of left like it resounded. I felt like it resounded. I'm trying to find it here, but I'm, oh, I typed yeah. liturgy wrong. <laughs> it's a tricky word. I'm learning how to type. <laughs> but I, it's it's really neat to think about the ways that um, our liturgy kind of rises up in a moment, you know, and it seemed really important and meaningful to uh name name some of the struggle and the grief mm. on a global and then like a city and then like a really personal yeah. level and then also match that with our like trinity language yeah, which beautiful. was great um, the line was give us courage to see ourselves in the lived experience of the week rather than the anger of the strong which was beautiful larissa so <laughs> you know it's pretty sad. i mean <laughs> some people know this but larissa is joining us on a full-time yeah. paid internship uh, starting in August. Yeah, it's great. So, I mean, she's been on our team for a while, but yeah. uh, she'll be full-time uh, paid internship. So we we're pretty pumped it. about that. We love it. So. It's great. So that was kind of a highlight. It was a highlight for me to participate in. I think mm. it's, it seemed really meaningful. And I had, you know, people from far away parts of my life, you know, asking. There's a church from Va Victoria that asked us if they could use it. So Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So. <laughs> I think uh, Kevin's working on that. You'll probably get an email asking permission oh, really? for you and Larissa if that was okay. Oh, that's lovely. They wanted to give you guys credit and use it. And I thought, yeah, oh, sounds good to me. But I'm like, I mean, that is uh, that is our posture. Totally. Here, to yeah. like put our stuff out there and say like, please. The liturgy blog, and, yeah. absolutely. The liturgy blog is there for anybody to, to view. Um, it's commons.church slash liturgy. So mm -hmm. all of our prayers are always written there. But um, that's actually the main reason that started, we have that and we have open.commons.church, which is right, right, that's right. password protected, but that's for other churches to use yeah. our prayers that we write, the artwork that we create. We give yeah. that all away to other churches um, that need it. Which So that's always been our posture is to share whatever. If, we I, if it were me, I'd probably be more stingy about it. <laughs> You're much more generous than me. <laughs> like, you going to pay me for I'm just gonna, I'm just going to share Bobby's stuff. Like, <laughs> I know. Here's, Good here's thing this you beautiful stuff that Bobby and Larissa wrote. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. I'm very generous uh, with other people's stuff yes, about your yes. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the message. Yeah. So we were in our second uh, message of our Inspired series. Mm -hmm. Again, a series that you're pumped about. I am, I am pumped about this one. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's a good so one. We were talking, you were talking about um, myths and meaning mm -hmm. making and particularly centered the creation and fall. You didn't do Exodus well, I did. stuff, did you? No. no. So I stayed all... So. This is important because mm. I think um, I don't think myth is the term to apply to things like the Exodus. You don't. I think the Exodus stories are certainly the not. The Red Sea. I don't think those. I would. I would argue Kay. those are certainly not objectively historical stories. Mm -hmm. But they are not. They're not myths in the sense of what we were talking about on Sunday. So okay. here's how I would break down okay. sort of Genesis into Exodus. I think you have Genesis one to eleven which I would call mythology. And we'll talk about what I mean by that. But these are, these are stories that are created to speak about the, the formation of the human story. Why we're here. How did the earth come to be? Uh, and that's everything up till Babel. So the fall is, is 
the creation is Genesis 1 and 2. The fall is Genesis 3 to 11, mm-hmm. right? Is 11? 11, Babel? Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, the fall is not they eat the apple, which is not an apple, by the way, but uh, they eat that and then that's the end of it. No, like the fall is this ongoing process of that and then flood and then Babel, you know, and then right. the, what brings us out of the fall is Abraham, which is the new promise to heal things, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's where we end fall and we move it to the next stage of the Bible. Now, I would call sort of Abraham probably through David until we start to get or up to David when you start to get to the kings but through Moses I would call that archetypal stories so mm-hmm. the story of Abraham the story of Moses these are not stories that are made out of whole cloth to explain sort of the formation of the universe mm-hmm. these are probably um, stories that have a historical antecedent some right. person who lived that life like like to me, Adam and Eve are probably not historical people at all. Right. That's a that's a description of humanity. Right. Right. And if uh, we, we can talk about that because we can get super into the mythology there. But you know, Moses, Abraham, these were probably people who yeah. did something important, and their their story grew bigger than they were mm-hmm. as it got told over time. But you're still rooted in yeah. a lived experience. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I looked through Karen Armstrong's book, mm-hmm. A Short History of Myth. Oh yeah, and I love that little yep. book. I was flipping through it again and like noticing Excellent. what I had underlined in the past, and I was like, "Oh man, I got to read this whole mm-hmm. thing start front to back again." But her definition of myth is is what you're calling an archetype right. story, archetypal story, yeah. uh, which is something that has some some sort of historical yeah. setting, but it then keeps happening. Yeah. You know, you sort of trace Exodus again and again right. and again and again. And this, um, and this is where so it gets tough, because yeah, how, what do we the, mean the by lang- these languages? I, really, I remember really liking that language and yeah. like really resonating with that. So then do I need to peel that apart now right. and sort of see? I mean, I like that. I, think I like wh- how you're you're breaking those things apart. I would yeah. just need to think about it. A yeah, little and I mean, more. maybe it's not even you don't even need to call one myth and one not myth. But yeah. it's understanding that these are different types of stories. Like yeah. the like creation based on the Enuma Elish yeah. is a very different type of story than Moses and the Red Sea. Yes, is, yeah, right? a, a group of one people is in like, slavery. Yes. being yeah, whatever sort of the, the plagues really looked like, yeah. or the parting of the Red Sea really looked like. Um, there was this group of people who struggled to be free and exactly. found freedom. Which is different than yeah. the, the waters of chaos swirled right, together right, into right, two right, gods right, and right, you know, right, the right. world. And, yes. and that's okay. I mean, that's the beautiful right, thing is we have all these different, different types kinds of, stories, of which meaning, we, stories that mean something to us. Right, right, right. And we see that throughout the Bible yeah. front to back in terms of even the New Testament, sort of different kinds of ways of communicating. Mm-hmm. Like we have the, the, the genre of the thing. So it's yeah. almost like different genres of sort of myth. I'm, I'm thinking of myth a little bit more broadly. Yep. You're breaking it down well, a little more specifically. Helpful. I yeah, think. I don't use myth around Jesus too much because I think that right. definitely is going to make people uncomfortable. And right. I actually think it does go too far. A bit. Yeah, Karen, Ar- Karen Armstrong's language was like, she again, she had this really broad definition mm-hmm. and said, you know, the resurrection happen and keeps happening, yeah. wh- which I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Like we talk about resurrection. Like totally. That. But but you don't want to call it. Well, no, myth. but what I was saying in the f- in the first message. Yeah, I very much talked about John is written from a very different place. Yes. Two generations of Jesus followers after looking back on the story of Jesus and trying to say, what does this mean? Yeah. Like that's a different type of story than Mark is. Yeah. Who's trying to say, hey, here's this guy. Here's what happened. Right, like right. here's the story of it. Yeah. So. I mean, again, uh, and I think 
myth and what you end up with is sort of a you have a spectrum of yes myth, yes yeah like yeah there's yeah. everything from the enuma i think that's how i've all lived the way with through it. to how do we create meaning in a story like jesus mm-hmm. and i would say you have creation on the one end of it you've got uh, abraham isaac A- jacob mm-hmm. moses here and then you've got what's happening in the jesus story which is sort of the far end of that which is um you know the the the, the sort of basic historical narrative is still there you're too yeah. close to it to be crazily exaggerated right but you're telling it in a different way to get to a different type of question yeah you know like if you look at john and compare it to the other gospels it's not really that much more of a stretch in terms of what it's asking you to believe about jesus okay but it's clearly telling the story with different emphasis yes. around it. Yeah. You know, wh- how did really. how did Jesus change the world? Not did what did Jesus do in his life? Okay. You know, and I think those are again those are both important. I think, and I would go back to the first message in the series. We need Jeremy both quoting of Jeremy. those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need both of those types of stories to get a well-rounded I picture. I could just quote myself for a yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> you ever ever try to do that in like a paper? <laughs> you wrote something in another class. No, Jeremy, you know, I you, haven't. You to ref- <laughs> oh, man, I always wanted to quote myself in my own papers. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay, well, that's really fun to think about the, the different uh, different uses of the word yeah. and different sort of the breadth of, the, of it or the specificity mm-hmm. um, to kind of locate it a little differently. So I... You know, I'm curious, uh, we were chatting a little bit about how much in your sermon, how much time and word count you had retelling, you know, Enuma Elish and, what was the other one? Gilgamesh. It is Gilgamesh. I was like, I (laughs) I did three of them. It's not that I don't know this stuff, but I was not studying it recently. (laughs) Um, You know, so could we say three quarters of your message was, I mean. I mean, half probably. Yeah, a little over half, <laughs> I'm going to say. I, t- I read oh, it Fair today. enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, by weight of how you located your word mm-hmm. count, you know, how important are those myths mm-hmm. in, like, our everyday living? It's mm. an interesting way to think about it. So With the text. Yeah, so what I would say is not very. Okay. Um, I think that the Bible stands on its own. If it didn't, we wouldn't have preser- preserved those stories the same way that we did. Yeah. Right. Um, if they were just unlocked, you couldn't lock uh, exactly. unlock them. You yeah. couldn't sort of. Break and I think into that's them. that's the same today. I mean, the hmm. stories that really sort of grab a hold of us are ones that you don't have to know, you know, yeah. the whole backstory to be able to access. Now, I think what's yeah. beautiful about these right. types of things is then when you do, yeah. you know, it's like, you know. Um, you get another layer yeah. and you get another little Easter egg there. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is going to be super nerdy, but I'm going to, you know, compare this to, um, if you watch the Avengers movies. Never. Uh, you should. You're, haven't, you're haven't, missing out. You're totally missing out. Haven't seen any of them. <laughs> so, but uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Okay. Like, if oh. you watch the stories, right. like they, the, for the <laughs> most part, <laughs> for the most part, they stand on their own. They're good movies. But if you put the time in, you watched all 20 movies leading up to it. Twenty? Yeah, it's twenty movies leading <laughs> up to it. Silver, silver probably has something if you, to say. About or it. if you, you know, if you read the comic books and you know some of the backstory, it's like there's these little Easter eggs that make moments that much more meaningful. Yes. And I think that's kind of what you have in the Bible. Like yeah. they're told in a way, like they're not that they're they're meant to be read on their own. They're meant to be understood on their own. 
they're they're shaped and they're crafted so that mm-hmm. these stories will inform us. Yeah. We don't need Babylonian stories and we don't need Sumerian stories. Okay. But if you know what the writers and the redactors are pushing back against, then you yeah. then you see some new layers on there. Yeah, I mean my my experience with encountering these these myths mm-hmm. uh, in relationship with how I was holding the scriptures was was pretty important. Like I think it, it the the added layers mm-hmm. came into my life in a time when I thought, oh, like I, I wondered if I you know, I don't know exactly my memory of the thing, but was I holding the Bible and being like, should I keep my relationship with you or not? You know? And then you yeah. find out like redactors and the piecing together and the borrowing and the challenging nature mm-hmm. of like, okay, your myths have said this, mm-hmm. but our we're forming a myth that says this about right. the divine. And I remember being like, Oh my I'm going to keep at this. Yeah. Like my, my experience of it, it wasn't mm-hmm. threat. It was such important um, invitation mm-hmm. to like keep further up and further in, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, oh my gosh, what a, com- what a complex yeah. uh, way of forming our sacred text. That feels like it fits my complex, you know, um, life and my complex relationships. Right. So uh, so yeah, it's, I asked the question knowing that it, at a time in my life it was really important mm-hmm. to like to figure out more about those myths and make more space in my imagination for totally. them. And, and and I think that's the beauty of it, right? It's it's yeah. like um, so same thing when we talk about Jesus, right? So Jesus says, um, you know, faith of a little child, you know, you can come to me. Like you don't need to understand anything about substitutionary yeah. atonement right. or Christus Victor or. Right you know, how penal substitution is supposed to work or not, any of that stuff. Like, yeah. all you have to do is trust in Jesus. Now, right. then we spend our lives trying to understand what that story means to us and how to articulate yeah. it and how to understand it. Yeah. You know, so it's the, the background to these myths is like that. Like, it's, it, it adds more depth. It adds yeah. more nuance. It adds more beauty. Do you need that? Right. To come to the Bible? Do you need a degree in Ugaritic right. studies to be do able to Do you need understand? to spend... Tens of thousands yeah. of dollars exactly. <laughs> on the right. grad no, school degree. <laughs> but, you right. know, and this is part of what I think churches can do for people at their best is give the space for people like you and myself mm-hmm. and our team who have the inclination and the time to study these things mm-hmm. and then to bring them and make them accessible mm-hmm. to people. Because I think, you know, um, can these stories be beautiful without the, the antecedent myths? Yes. Mm-hmm. For an example, and this is part of the reason I talked about this one, I started with this one, Noah. Mm-hmm. Noah's a really difficult story. Yeah. Like, no matter, you know, what do you do with a story where God yes. wipes out yeah. basically all living things on the earth and starts again? Right. Like, let's not turn our brains off when like, we're troubled by, or when, yeah. when we have a response to that. That's, I think. A, that's a heavy story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, when you are able to compare it to Atrahasis and you are able to compare it to the Gilgamesh mm-hmm. epic, and you have, okay, so the earth is full of violence and the gods wipe those out and, or the gods bring that violence because they're annoyed with people and they wipe everyone out. And the hero of the story, the prize for the hero mm-hmm. at the end is Utnapishtim gets to go live in his mystical land and Atrahasis gets spirited away to live with the gods. I just, I just want to say I have a new thing <laughs> that I need you to do. I need you to make stop action 
<laughs> films of these little stories because there, I don't really care about all the details. There's but actually some great. I want you and Eaton yeah, there you to go. make stop action retellings of these. <laughs> this is it. This is it for us. There's some great <laughs> animated tellings on YouTube. Are there really? So anyway, so I did read stories, right? I just got excited about this yeah. idea of you guys making these myths. Into we've okay. we've tried. He always wants to make these stop animation movies. It takes a long time. And then he gets time. bored of them halfway through. Yeah. So we haven't got very far, but okay. we have tried. Maybe when he gets a little, know, older. little older, I think. Auntie so. Bobby can suggest oh, the idea. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Sorry, when you understand, going. okay, so these stories end with the hero being spirited away. Hmm to some other realm right. as a reward. Okay. The reward of Noah right. is that he lands back where he started I love with that his family point you made. with the understanding, okay, we can start again and God promising, okay, we're going to do this again and I'm not going to do I'm not going to wipe out the world again and you're going to be better. Yeah. You know, you're not a different person. Right. I didn't turn you into like after Hazus gets turned into this sort of mini god and goes to live with oh, him, the new yeah. team lives forever and okay. you know Noah's still a yeah, Noah just a who dude. still has to land. Yeah. Who still dies, who still makes mistakes after Gonna the flood. Gonna get drunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I mean, there's something really powerful when you understand yeah. that the Hebrews were like, oh, that's a good story. Okay. Yeah. But we don't like this part where the hero leaves. Right. We want our hero back. Aww. We want our hero still flawed. Yeah. And we want our hero trying to do their best in the light of everything that God has right. done for them. Like that to me. Huh. That's a really powerful story, right, regardless right, right. of our time in place right. anymore, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's where I think having a little bit of the backstory does become meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, is it necessary? No. Right. You know, I mean, people have found meaning in the Noah story for years without right. that. That's okay. Right. Um, but to me, I mean, that not only helps me understand that story, that gives me beautiful insight into God. Yeah, right, right, right. right. That compare contrast. Yeah, what, what, is, what is redemption for God? Right. Redemption for God is landing you back where you started right. to try harder and do it all over again. Right. You know, redemption is not, oh, yeah. and to Christian theology, this is a challenge, redemption is not you fly away, right. you know, where you leave everything behind, right? Because yeah. we have that sometimes in our story oh, sometimes, yeah. which is, way too overemphasized right right rather than creating change mm -hmm. you know that's got me thinking about all kinds of things yeah uh yeah i mean there hmm, where do i want to go with that <laughs> it's really i mean we talk about this quite a bit in terms of what does it look like what is um discourse I mean, mm. we often talk about it on Twitter, you know, Twitter discourse mm -hmm. and cancel culture. Uh, like, what does it look like to change? Mm. Uh, and it's really interesting to think about the point of these myths, this like hero landed back, allowed to like keep trying and struggling mm -hmm. and offering, yeah, uh, sort of the grace of that version of a heroic tale yeah. is really interesting because I keep, you know, one of the things I keep kind of wondering about is like, uh, if, if sometimes people make really horrible mistakes yep. and they need to like go away mm. and like yep. do some work and yep. stop taking up airtime and you know um but sometimes people like trip and m make mistakes in a public yeah. way and everyone's like Aah! like yeah. you know just stop you know yeah. everyone piles on piles on yeah. piles on there's no it, redemption there's no rede like yeah. what does it really look like for us if you can't like make some mistakes with your language mm -hmm. even in a public space and discourse and learn and like try to get better it seems like even this myth ar around noah and c like contrasting it with like a different sort of version of what a hero looks right. like is sort of it's just like kind of sparking mm. and connecting to some of those questions that we ask of like what does it mean to 
give people grace to change uh, if they're open to it yeah. and then what does it look like to i mean this is a tough one Oof. you know in terms of the whole cancel culture thing right I now know, right uh, because i'm not and i know you're not either on that boat like oh cancel culture is terrible like it's Tell some them. people need to get canceled. Get out. <laughs> Move away. God, I know? don't want to hear from you. And, yeah. and some people need to, yeah, yeah like you said, um, they need to take some space to learn. Yeah. And if they're not willing to do it, sometimes we need to make that space for them. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, right, so, right. So there's right. some truth to that. Yeah. But I think if, if cancel culture becomes, hey, you've got work to do. Yeah. And we're just going to, you know, um, yeah, shut like, down. We're not going to listen yeah. to this story right now until you do it. That's one right. thing. If cancel culture is about, um, actually, I don't want to see you re- rehabilitated. That's it. I don't want to see you change. I, I need. Want to I see need an you. enemy right now, and you're yeah. it. <laughs> then I think it actually becomes right. toxic. Yeah. Same way, you know. I think you know we're all having conversations right now about our justice system. Yeah. If our justice system is retributive. And it's not rehabilitative. Right. It's not justice. Right. Right. All it is then is transferring pain. Yeah. So the person who steals or the person who hurts someone, well, we hurt them back or yeah. we take something from them. Yeah. It's so it's now, such a lack of that, imagination. Can that play a part in rehabilitation? Yeah, perhaps. Right. Um, there are people who are not willing to be rehabilitated and yeah. change. And there right. needs to be some protection right. for the sort of the public around that. Yeah. But if our goal injustice mm-hmm. is not to rehabilitate people redeem people introduce them back in right. no matter what they've done yeah you know is that always possible no of course not right but if it's not our goal then i don't think we should call it justice and i think the same thing kind of goes with cancel culture mm. is there a time you know timeouts we have those in our house right? yeah yeah so <laughs> you know is there a time for a timeout whether my right. son wants it or not right is there a time for someone to get a timeout on yeah. twitter whether right, they want it right. or not yeah there <laughs> right, is right, right and that kind of cancel culture can be good yeah. it can be helpful but yeah. If my intent with that is not that you would learn from this yeah, and I could show grace for right. this at some point down the road, right. then I think I'm probably just an angry person that wants my pound of flesh. And, right. and then I'm, um, I'm playing into the same story from the other side. Right. right? Yeah. So, I never thought Noah was going to offer me a, <laughs> a window into. <laughs> we don't have to go down this one for too right. long, but there's this passage um, in, in Mark 8, I think, when these people come and they accuse Jesus of driving out demons by the mm-hmm. power of Satan. Yeah. And Jesus basically says, you know, hey, can Satan drive out, you know, um, Satan? Um, Gerard would interpret that and I he would say, you know, Gerard. what Jesus is doing <laughs> is he's actually reinforcing that because then Jesus goes into this whole thing about, um, you know. What did you mean there? He's reinforcing that? What did you mean there? That he's actually agreeing with them. He's okay. actually s- telling them, yes, yeah, Satan is the only one who does drive out Satan. Got it. Because what Satan does is once we notice something uh, or once we notice Satan in our midst, and by Satan, I mean that metaphorically, like once we notice an adversary in our midst, yeah. our tendency is, is to want to get mad. And what Satan does is like, um, when, as soon as you notice Satan and you're mad at Satan, Satan like swings around on your side and is like, you better get him and drive him out. Huh. And Satan convinces you to drive Satan out. Huh. And in that way, Satan still has control over you. Right. Because you're still doing the thing that you were doing before, is huh. you're driving someone out, you're driving someone away. Huh. You know, and that's, that's this kind of thing that happens to us, is we see really things that need to be driven out, things that are not good in our culture. Right. But if we're careful, what can happen is that thing that's in our culture... Yes like swings around onto our yeah. side and is like, yeah, get that guy, yeah. drive him out. 
And as soon as you do, you right. now become the embodiment of the thing you were trying to get away from. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Now, the, the danger is that we do nothing on the other side right. and we don't stand exactly. up when people are being hurt. Yeah. And we say things like, oh, well, free speech, people can say whatever they want. Right. Well, you know, I'm Canadian. So first of all, I'm not American. So I don't believe in free speech and we don't have free speech the same way as Americans do. Yeah. But speech can be violent speech can be hurtful yeah, right. and we need to protect people against that yeah, like hate speech yeah hate mm -hmm. speech is a real thing and it really is violence and mm -hmm. it really can do damage mm -hmm. so that's not to say okay well then we should let everything go and it's mm -hmm. it's this really tricky balance and i think it comes down to constantly sort of trying to evaluate your own heart and say what am i doing in this moment am i trying to protect someone mm -hmm. or am i trying to yeah drive someone out so that right. I can feel like I'm the hero in right, this moment. Right, right, Um, You know, and I, I, well, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but isn't that what a lot of the white savior complex is, right? Uh. Like we, we, we all want to feel like the hero all the time. Mm. And sometimes that takes precedence over our desire to actually help someone mm, right, um, right. who is there. So are we protecting people? Are we helping people? Are we serving mm. the least among us? Yeah. If we are, then great. Right. We should be putting our, all our energy right. into that. Right. If we're making ourselves feel good, right. if we're making ourselves feel like the hero, right. you know, I think, you know, we right. got to step back a little bit yeah. and question ourselves. Right. I, I keep kind of thinking about like that we don't like none of us like arrived fully woke you right. know it takes it takes like learning mm -hmm. and messing up and like reaching and um de de developing like a compassionate mm -hmm. heart uh and it, it if if we could be like oh you messed up like let me help you up yeah and like oh you oh i messed up can you help me up yeah. and like we were like and moving we, and we, each and other we feel so shamed when we do mess up yeah like maybe then we'd be able to say oh yeah i didn't see that yeah. i've changed my mind right, right. Like, you know, I've new changed information my mind. has come oh, in. Yeah. My, like these are, these should be holy sayings. Yeah. It's like right. to say to somebody. But we're so afraid has, of a misstep yeah. because it means punishment. Yeah. And it could mean like ostracization. Mm -hmm. Like you, you might be cast out if you, if you make a misstep. So we're, we end up yeah. being so scared to move forward. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, I wonder what it, what it could look like if instead of being like, you, 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 yeah. we're like, oh, you, <laughs> like, oh no, you shouldn't have said it like yeah. that. Yeah. And, <laughs> We're and sort of if you don't want to receive together. that, yeah, you know, in Jesus, you get left words, behind, I guess. You dust, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you dust the, you know, right, uh, brush right. the dust off your sandals, and yeah, you move we're, on. We're about some work here, yeah. so if you don't want to catch exactly. up, or keep up. So okay. this is not about you know yeah. everybody just gets to keep messing up no, continually. No, no, it's time. about always moving forward. Yeah. Are we going forward together? Taking as come many, yeah, exactly. Taking as many yeah. with us as we can in our work of justice. Like Jesus says, if if that person's not ready, if they don't receive that, if they're not ready to listen to that, then you brush the dust off your sandals and you keep moving forward because there's there's things to be done and there's people who will listen. Right, right, right. Okay, we got way off track from that. I Noah. love it. And also, but we some got good all questions here. Yeah, I know, I know. Good comments here. So I want to come back to some of these. Group. Okay. Because there's a couple of things in here. Um, oh, gosh. It's going to take me And he says, again. I think the Bible and the historical narrative point to real meaning. Encyclopedic nonfiction is a modern inception based on myth of objective facts without culture and observations. And then Ashley comes up and says, <laughs> I always talk about the <laughs> truth of poetry. And oh. she's got this good example. Uh, use the example in my brain when my husband says I'm the most beautiful woman. I'm not. He hasn't even met all the other women in the world. <laughs> so he can't objectively say that. Yeah. Uh, but there is truth in that, right? That comes yeah. across. And this is going back to oh, Ashley's lovely. comments from the start. Right. What about people who say, hey, you can't use myth about the Bible. You can't. Well, first of all, if somebody is afraid of that word, then don't use that word. Like, that's it. Exactly. If I think somebody that's really was freaked true. out by that, I would just say, fine, like, let's, let's call it stories. Yeah. Let's call it whatever. 
let's call it truth, but let's understand what that means. And the one example that is helpful for people sometimes, mm-hmm. not always, this, this is not like a, I was going to say a trump card, but you know, now Ooh, I, I, I know every time you word. can't even use that word anymore. Uh, but I, I don't mean one. it that way, but um, it's not a trump card, but I think sometimes this can be helpful when you say to people, listen, are Jesus' parables true? And everybody says yes. Mm. And I would say Jesus' parables are, I would argue, the most true statements we have in the Bible. Okay. Right? Um, first of all, because they're coming from Jesus, and that's the lens through which we read everything else. Mm-hmm. Point, of the the, yeah. <laughs> Point of the series. Point of the series. But also, <laughs> because I, th- I would argue that Jesus teaches that way specifically pu- because stories have a way of transcending their particular moment right? Mm -hmm. Jesus can teach to Mm -hmm. um, issues of his day, but then we have to do so much work of parsing out, okay, well, what's going on in that context and how we do it. When we get a story, we can say, well, what does that story mean for us? And we Mm -hmm. can do that. So they're more true, but they didn't really happen. They're made up stories. That's what parables are. So why can we not say that the creation narratives are made up stories that are some of the most true. true things you will ever read, right? Right. Jonah, we just did that one this fall. I mean, we spent a lot of time unpacking an incredibly powerful story. Mm-hmm. Is it true? Yes. Did it happen? No. no. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, these are the wrong types of questions. Right. And that's what the line I used on Sunday was, if you come to ancient texts with yeah. questions about cosmology, you need to expect to get ancient cosmological answers. Right. What was your language around why and how yeah. as well? That was really helpful. Yeah, that, I, I forgot about that. But yeah, so... It's a little bit of an anachronism, right? Yes. But, but the way that I like to think about it is these ancient stories are not asking questions of how right. the way that we do. Right. Because, because of our scientific framework, yeah. we're like, well, how did that happen? Mm. How could that happen? How did we get here? Yeah. How did the universe form? Yeah. Super important questions. Yeah, it's fun. None of us get Teslas if we don't ask those <laughs> questions, right? Yeah, like that's right, what gives right, us science. Right. But that's not what the ancient world was asking about. Mm. They were asking about what does this mean? Or yeah. why does this happen? Right. You know, why do floods happen? Yeah. Why do humans exist? Right. Um, how did we come to be? Right. Um, and sort of making sense of transcendence to exactly. these like, whoa, You know, mortality. these are human beings trying mm-hmm. to make sense of their experience mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the other thing that I said that is sort of important is they're not less smart than us. Hmm. They have ancient they're cultures. Not? Yeah. <laughs> we, so right. I don't know if there's a real word, but I use it sometimes. It's chronocentrism, okay. where we have this idea that our present moment right. is the culmination of everything. Interesting. Uh, meaning we're smarter, we're more advanced, right. we're more this. We're not. Yeah. We have certain things that have built over time um, to give us certain mm-hmm. ways of, of engaging the world around us right now, mm-hmm. right? The ancient world was asking a different set of questions. Mm-hmm. They were no less observant about the world around mm-hmm. them. Like you look at ancient um, ideas about constellations and the stars. Right. And I mean, there's people like, I don't know. Sometimes I get on this thread where I start watching flat earth videos. On YouTube. Yeah, I've Not actually, actually people um, somehow on my YouTube account. <laughs> YouTube has decided I love these because I watched a few and you watch the same thing and it keeps saying. <laughs> yeah, the so they're not ones. videos of people explaining flat earth. It's people debunking flat earth people. Mm-hmm. But I've watched enough of them that YouTube's like, this is the thing that Jeremy wants right, to watch right, is right. people debunking flat earth videos. Right. And, you know, whatever. They're the same thing all the time. We need to really listen to your sermons. Yeah. Though, if you start sort of shifting towards it and we'll be like somebody <laughs> so turn off though. his YouTube. <laughs> it's so funny how YouTube like feeds you the yeah. thing that you've already watched. 
It's a but, whole podcast about this right know. now. Yeah, it's exactly. The rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. I, mm-hmm. I've listened to them, actually. All very good, actually. On the Daily <laughs> from the New York Times. Right, you should right. listen to it if you haven't That's yet. Right. Um, but, you know, th- this, this resurgence of people like thinking of Flat Earth well, and, and thinking that the globe is a new thing. It's mm-hmm. not. Like, mm-hmm. thousands of years ago, people were looking at the stars and going, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And how can this be? And making yeah. observations Math. about around Earth, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and right. there's... There was points in history where flat earth came back and globe earth came back. But mm-hmm. my point is, <laughs> thousands of years ago, people were very observant about the world around them. Right. They just had different presuppositions about what questions were important to ask. Right. Was it important to ask exactly how a uh, grain of wheat goes in the ground and sprouts and comes back? Right. No. Is it important to understand the why of cycles right. and how you gather those things and what I mean, that means and how you live in concert right. with nature? Yes, because that's how they live. Right. I mean, some of the conversation around myth is that they weren't asking such different questions, like that there are these sort of central right. human questions. And yes. maybe we get a bit fixated on some of the ones over here. Mm-hmm. And we sort of forget like some of these more yes. central, I don't know if that's the word I want really, but these mm. like larger life meaning making like that, like why, what happens after death? Mm-hmm. You know, what does any of it mean? Like yeah. those are still and really We distract central. ourselves from that's those questions. That's it, I think, you know? <laughs> with our hows yeah. instead of uh, really paying attention to the whys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where mm-hmm. you have these ancient myths yeah. that aren't, profoundly beautiful and mm-hmm. profoundly important and still and important teach us exactly. like yeah i think that's what i wanted to draw us to mm-hmm. is that w- we still have the same questions and the myths still uh, uh, or the stories right. still offer us a way mm-hmm. into our humanity in relationship with the divine right. and with one another yeah, benediction so see ya yeah there you go <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Mic toss. That's your benediction. Um, um, no, I, I mean, I love that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's just about what do we see in Jesus? Mm-hmm. And then how do we come back? And how do we read these myths? And yeah. how do we reinterpret them? Like, right. like you know, the, like with Noah. Yeah. If I have certain assumptions about God from what I see in Jesus, right. there's certain things that are going to be off the table in terms of my interpretation of Noah. Right. Um, I wanted to, as we close, mm-hmm. uh, bring Karen Armstrong back into the conversation. Yeah. And I really loved this bit for our moment right now. So she wrote in her book, A Short History of Myth, as our, circumstan- or as our circumstances change, and I was thinking about how we're in such an interesting moment of change. She said, we need to tell our stories differently in order to bring out their timeless truth. We shall see that every time men and women took a major step forward, they reviewed their mythology and made it speak to the new condition. Hmm. And I just like, I loved that. We sort of feel like we're in this real yep. moment of change. And she's saying, you know, get those myths mm. and, and, and bring your changing world back into yep. relationship with these stories. So can we come back around to the start? Yeah. We've had certain myths around Canada. Yeah. We've had certain yes. myths around America. Yes. Yes. And yeah. I think what's happening right now is some of those myths are being challenged mm-hmm. uh, in the States. You know, this idea that the, you know, the United States is a shining beacon on a hill has been for mm-hmm. many uh, different types of conversations in the world. Hmm. Democracy, constitution, those types yeah. of things. Was the myth that we created about that right. actually historically accurate? Right, no. Right, right, right. It's this like it deep, was shining this light, but it had this yeah, all this shadow. This deep underbelly. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the wealth and the prosperity of the United States built on, yeah. the, on you know, slave labor, yeah. right? So yes, there is good there, yeah. but 
if if we allow that myth to go mm-hmm, unchallenged mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah. we're going to propagate a lot of things yeah. now canada we have the same stuff i mean yeah. part of our modern myth is that we're not america yes you know right. and we're not our right. issues with racism are different right but we have them just as Absolutely, badly yeah um in some ways um i don't think better or worse is the question I think sometimes it's more insidious in Canada because mm. we're so polite about things though. Right. You know, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I'm not sure that's the right yeah, spectrum to even fair. talk about it, mm-hmm. but I think it can be more insidious yeah. because, you know, we're less aware of things, yeah. you know, and our history, I mean, my goodness, you know, you hear Americans like, oh, slavery ended 200 years ago. Right. Yes. And lots of problems since then. Canada, yeah. residential schools ended in the eighties. Yes. In, uh, our, in our lifetime. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this moment right now. It's like, okay, so is there good in our myth? Yes. Should that myth go unchallenged? Should that myth be allowed to continue mm. the same way? No, we have to make new myths yes, now. Yeah. And maybe that's Especially a little a bit change, of yeah. what's happening yeah. right now. Right. Is it, you know, fully yet? No. I mean, right. that's what we're going to find out in the next right. 10 years. But Right. And, and we can feel threatened or we can be like, okay, there are things I don't know and I want to learn mm-hmm. and move forward in this moment, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a good invitation. Okay, that's an hour. <laughs> that's it. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about what we're grateful yeah, for? Yeah, what are we grateful for? Yeah. You want to start? You want me to start? Uh, you go ahead. Okay. Um, let's see. So our, here's what I'm grateful for. Okay. Our small group uh, got together on Friday. So that was stage two. Um, so those who are in small groups in the community were allowing small groups to meet again in person as long as they stay socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Um, some groups may want to consider themselves a cohort because the province is allowing that, but that's a little more intense because mm-hmm. they want you to like, that's the only people that you're seeing within that cohort, yeah. Um, but our group got together on Friday night and did the social distance thing, but it was the first time uh, we had had anyone in our house, um, I think, since like January, mm. because we were kind of pretty shut down with uh, M coming home. Yeah. So it had been a long time. Yeah. And you know what I was really grateful for? First of all, I had fun um, and, and it's good people and good friends, but I was thankful for families brought their kids over and my son like, uh, like played and wasn't weird like you know like you never know like yeah. he hasn't seen another kid we've been wondering about this for kids yeah, yeah what is this you know. moment doing so yeah. he so we haven't had people in our house for five months he hasn't seen kids since school shut down three months oh, ago yeah. like any kid yeah you know we can't even go to the playground and yeah. so but it was great like it like they all picked up Aww. like they just left off and they had a great time yeah. and you know so th- i was really grateful for that i was like okay like right. we're gonna be okay like right. it's, it's gonna be good like you know, we're going to, we're going to come through this. Yeah. My son is still going to have social skills on yeah. the other side of this. Yeah. I might not, but I didn't have many social skills <laughs> to begin with. So that's fine. Oh, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I just want to continue doing, I'm going to do it. So bye. The camera. Anyone who's in our small group right now, this is, this is what we're going to do from now on. You can come over to our house, talk with Rachel. I'll stay in the bedroom with a camera. And talk to you. No, I'm just kidding. What are you grateful for? Uh, again, I, I'm really, I'm grateful for my partner. And, uh, you know, we're just over a month away from like a really big change for us. And it's been fun to process that together. Like as we prepare to mm-hmm. move into a house that has a little more space and uh, it's just been fun. Like I think we're, we're already sort of experiencing different emotions. And I love that I have this person in my life to, to talk 
about those things with. It's really nice. It's cool. <laughs> so I feel, I'm glad I'm going to talk about this new house forever and ever. Amen. Um, <laughs> for at least like six more weeks anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then That's I, what it, then that I'm should be a segment. And I'm going to keep talking about like, this is what we did this week. I painted this wall. Uh, that should be yeah. like a segment on the after party. Bobby's house. It's like, uh, yeah, what'd you do this week? Yeah. Sermon, grateful, <laughs> yeah. and Bobby's house update. Well, I don't have kids, so I'll, I'll talk about my house like it's a child. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> I like it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time tonight. Have a great yeah, week. So um, we will be uh, on Instagram for Living Room Worship tomorrow. Right. Uh, we'll be on the common area, all the normal stuff this week. But uh, we're, we're a couple weeks away now from opening, and we're, yeah. we're working really hard. We're open to feedback. So if you've got uh, concerns, if you've got questions, let us know. Yeah. Um, the plans... The plan, we've, we've done a lot of work. We've got quite comprehensive plans. But as we listen, as we learn, as we try and things, we're going to be adjusting those plans. So yeah, yeah. stay up to date on commons.church slash yeah. reopen. And Sunday during the live stream, registration will be ready to go. Yeah, thanks for trusting us. Thanks, guys. Yeah.